Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hello, I'm Gail. And I'm Catherine. We are the active voice of women over 70, aging reimagined, and we're delighted to welcome you to today's episode. Each week, we showcase vital women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who continue to shatter the myths that we become invisible as we age. The 30-minute conversation with our guest focuses on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance. Today, we're delighted to welcome marriage and family therapist, Diana Appel Kessler. Diana is age 82. She lives in Boston, and she was introduced to us by her daughter, Marcy Fortnow, a longtime NABO member and former president. Diana grew up on the North Shore of Massachusetts, where there was a lot of open space and lots of outdoor activities. After college, she married and went with her husband to complete his ROTC commitment. After that, his work took them to several different states and cultures, and eventually back to Massachusetts. Diana continued her college education through all their moves. After divorcing, she continued on to graduate school and received a master's in art therapy, another master's in community mental health counseling, and then a certificate of advanced graduate study in marriage and family therapy. She worked in school systems as a school adjustment counselor and then at the family center for 20 years, all while maintaining a private practice. In 2001, Diana married Howard Kassler, a soon-to-retire maxillofacial surgeon. A few years later, they moved into Boston, where they both became active in local affairs, governmental, and social action. Unfortunately, Howard passed away last November 2019, leaving Diana to refashion her life once again. I tell you all this because Diana knows what it means to reinvent herself. She says she is in her fourth reinvention and believes resilience is the key to thriving. Today, we will talk with Diana about how to find your place and be in the world, how you discover your purpose, and the formula she has found that enables her to thrive. Diana, welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you, Gail. You're very welcome. So let's, let's start this conversation by you're telling us more about your early years and why family therapy satisfies you so much and you're still practicing two days a week, even to this day. Well, I, as you said, I grew up in uh, Marblehead, Massachusetts um, with a family of parents and grandparents. And um, I was always curious about how things worked and uh, how families, my family, uh, managed situations. And um, I think that that carried through. My husband and I traveled a lot for his business 
and as I said, lived in several different states and cultures. And um, I had to figure out how all of that worked and how to make my place in each one of those places that we lived. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, all of that trying to figure things out for myself uh, really set me up for family therapy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, uh, you moved around a lot in, in your beginning years of marriage, huh? We did. We yeah. definitely did. And nine times in 11 years. And when I came back to Massachusetts, I said, that's enough. We are here. And that's it. (laughs) I'm putting down roots and I'm not moving again. (laughs) So since since the early 70s, I've been in Massachusetts as, as a home. So tell tell us about you. You worked in school systems as a, as a counselor first, and then at the family center. How, how are how is that different from your marriage and family uh, practice? Well, my undergraduate work, which I finished only when we came back to Massachusetts, I had been taking courses all over the country as we moved. <laughs> but when we came back to Massachusetts, I actually finished my undergraduate and it was in psychology and art. And it, there was a natural transition for me to then get a master's in art therapy. So first I did that and decided that it was much too small a picture of what was going on and I needed more advanced degrees in order to be able to do a different kind of work. So I went back to graduate school again and got several more degrees that allowed me then to work in a school system as a school adjustment counselor. It was the very beginning of that uh, profession. and it allowed me not only to work, but to be home in the afternoon or summers or vacations because I had two children. Mm -hmm. And so it was a perfect job for, uh, for me at that time. But again, um, I wanted to do other things. So I, (laughs) as my children got older and didn't need me around so much, I went back to school again and got a a CAGS, a Certificate of Advanced Graduate Study in Marriage and Family Therapy, which allowed me a wonderful work life because I, and a personal life because all of those puzzles around how things work and how people figure things out and what makes their lives better or not so good, uh, or what then would make it make it better, um, came under the rubric of family therapy. So I then became a family therapist in a, um, another school system for 
children and families, children that couldn't be maintained in a public school system and, and their families. Oh. It was a wonderful training ground for me. But from there, I went to work in a, uh, a clinic that was just beginning uh, in, in um, Massachusetts called the Family Center. And it was on the cutting edge of systems therapy, which was perfect. It just fit into everything that I knew and enjoyed thinking about. If you think about families or couples as, as systems, and you can think about systems in every walk of life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so thinking about families as systems was a, a way of working such that what you needed to do was to assess the system and figure out what small thing needed to change or move in order for the whole system to then change. Mm -hmm. And I, I stayed at the clinic for 20 years and had probably every job imaginable in the clinic so that it never became uh, mundane or boring for me. Mm -hmm. Every few years I was changing jobs basically, but within the clinic. And uh, toward the last maybe five years of the time that I was there, I was head of the couples program. And that was fascinating, a little tiny system. Um, but that is, and that is mostly the work that I do now. So all of the time that I've been working, I've also had a private practice. And when I left the clinic in 2002, um, I still maintained my private practice and still two days a week now as well. And one of the reasons that I cut back my time uh, and, and left the clinic is that I married Howard and I wanted to spend more time with him and with our two huge golden retrievers. Oh, that were <laughs> Catherine knows about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, really? You have dogs, Catherine? I I have uh, I have two, but they're small. They're like seventeen uh, and twenty-two pounds, so nothing like yours. Great companions. <laughs> Great companions. But Howard and I uh, hiked a lot. You know, you have to take dogs out all the time, so you might as well be uh, somebody who likes to be outdoors. Sure. And um, given my early years in Marblehead where we sailed and hiked and rode horses, um, and uh, also through my, my life with children, we always camped and hiked. And so... Um, Howard and I had a wonderful life with our dogs, and when the two dogs passed, we moved into the city, downsized and moved into the city. But I uh, just established a new practice in the city and eventually let go of my practice in the suburbs. I made that 
situation. So how are you managing your practice now? Are you meeting with people online, virtually? You know, it's we've been talking about reinvention, really. And um, <clears throat> when this pandemic came along and it was clear that I could no longer see people in the office, I thought, oh my goodness, let me assess this situation and see how I'll adapt. And uh, I downloaded several uh, digital platforms and uh, figured out which one was going to work best for me. And so my clients are wonderful and they have also um, come along with um, this platform and we we meet remotely uh-huh uh-huh well you you say you're in your fourth reinvention so and and, and i'm also interested in the assess and adapt approach you take so could you talk a little bit about those two things certainly uh i think that with each stage of life I've had to reinvent myself, whether I was a corporate wife, uh, sort of working with my husband to further his career, or I was a, a mom raising children, or a working woman, and then with Howard, uh, no children, just a wonderful relationship where we worked and we had other interests, or even now where I'm by myself again and I have to figure out what that life is going to be like and how I'll manage I think I've been incredibly resilient. I don't think there's anyone who has not experienced changes, monumental changes in their lives, and or been in situations that have changed their life. And I think it's a matter of how you look at the situation, what your frame of mind is, how you look at the situation and look at the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And in that assessment, try then to adapt. There's always a way to move. And if you are looking through a more positive window, you can build a life for yourself that can work out well. And if the path you've chosen seems not to be working out well, that's a further assessment and you can adapt further. Mm -hmm. So I think that even this pandemic has forced me to adapt my practice and I was able to move to uh, an online remote therapy 
which I never thought I would do. <laughs> but now I see how wonderful it is. And it also allows me the opportunity to travel, to possibly be away from New England in the winter and still be able to work with my clients. I don't have to tell them that for a month, the month of February, I'm not available. Right. You can do it from anywhere. I can be anywhere. Absolutely. So adapting yes. is key to thriving. Yes. No question about it. So you, you, you said that you and your husband had become Come active in local affairs, government, and social action. What what were some of the things that you did, and what are you still doing now at this at this stage? Well, um, when we moved into the city, Howard became involved in the neighborhood association of the Back Bay, mm -hmm. which had twenty five hundred members. And uh, in a couple of years, he went from being on a committee to being chair. Mm -hmm. and sounds familiar <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right he was he was a big thinker um and uh so i got kind of caught up in that as well and was on several committees <clears throat> and each year i find myself involved in some of the same or some new committees, um, which have helped maintain the Back Bay as a historic place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a fabulous mm -hmm. area. I, it's one of my favorite, actually. It is. I've been there it many is. times, yes. Oh. Uh-huh. So, and, and what else? And so I have... I'm still maintaining my civic work uh, through the through NAB, and uh, also I'm on a couple of boards: the uh, Back Bay Garden Club and the Garden Club of America. Mm -hmm. uh, and so those things keep me pretty busy, along with my work. Sure, even two days a week. <laughs> well, yes, yes. You said before about, you know, um, adapting and, and um, during this pande pandemic, how you have found uh, the ability to keep working and all. And I, I'm wondering, it's not very long since your husband passed away. And so sure. how are you, especially during this pandemic, how are you finding a way to find yourself again? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think that remote work has been wonderful for me. I had wanted to retire when Howard became ill, mm -hmm. but he said, no, no, you will need your work when I'm not here. Mm. It will ground you. Mm -hmm. And he was very wise. I think that it has been very grounding but being able to to work remotely has extended to all of the committees that I'm on as well. 
Mm-hmm. So I find that I get to see people and talk to people and uh, do the work that I had been doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So my identity in that way has not really changed. Mm-hmm. But um, my friends also are using remote as a way of keeping in touch. So, so I spend a lot of time with people, just not in their physical presence. Mm-hmm. And so not, not a lot has changed other than I'm here by myself. And that's a huge change. Of course. Yes. Yes. But I have, I have my children who are in Chicago and, uh, and I have a son in Arizona, Mm. Uh, but Howard's children are are more local and we all keep in touch regularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, So, so what are you thinking about the future now? Uh, um, How are you thinking about the future? I guess that's a loaded question, isn't it, in this time of the it pandemic is, and, <laughs> and all, right, yeah. It, is. it certainly is. I'm, I'm waiting for a vaccine, and yeah. then I'm going to fly the coop. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, there's always the, the question about whether I would stay here in our home, mm-hmm. and it's a condo that is really built for two and spacious for one Mm -hmm. but uh and so i've been thinking about that whether i would move but this is my home and if i were to spend time elsewhere i really love boston and i'm within walking distance of everything that i enjoy whether it's the museum of fine arts uh the symphony theater half a dozen different theaters, Mm -hmm. wonderful restaurants, and friends. So I'm thinking that I probably will stay here. And I've always wanted to be away for the winter. So I think I will do that Mm -hmm. as soon as uh, it's safe. Would that be Arizona, Diana? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. My son is uh, renovating a little house next to him, and he, he calls it Mom's house. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, so that'll be my first stop. <laughs> that's, that's really great. <laughs> that's very nice. Yes. So, so lots to look forward to, right? There is. There is, and uh, as I'm a very healthy person, so uh, I hope to stay that way. And as long as I am healthy, I will participate in all of the things I can do. One thing that really has changed is my gym routine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three days a week, used to walk up to the gym uh, and uh, work out in some aerobics classes or weightlifting classes at three days a week, but now I'm doing it virtually. 
And I find that that uh, is sort of keeping me on track. Yes. It's not the same, though, is it? No, I certainly look forward to going up to the gym and working out with everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Diana, one of the questions we like to ask our guests is just how do you think about aging or do you think about it? Yes, I do think about it. And I think that age is a number. And some people are very old at 55 or 60, 65, and some people are not, not old ever. Mm-hmm. In my family, people are very long-lived, uh, close to 100, and I intend to be there. I think as long as I'm mentally active and physically active, I have and and take the right nutrients. I can see that as a path for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a great way to look at it. And and uh, your uh, your whole philosophy of life i think is is this assess and adapt and and reflect and think about where where what your situation is and and what will be best do you plan far in the future or are or is this just the way you live your life i think it's more the way i live my life mhm So I'd like to make a pact with you that you're going to live to be 100 plus. So that's 20 years from now. Gail and I'll be in our 90s. So we we shall meet again. That would be lovely. And talk about where our lives paths have taken us. That would be lovely, Kathy. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Diana, thank you so much for being on Women Over 70. It's, It's just a pleasure to have spoken with you. And as Catherine has said, we look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you so much, Gail. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Catherine. Oh, thank you. And listeners, we want to hear from you. Please share your thoughts in our Facebook group at Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Become an active participant in our community and join us at our Zoom events. Access our weekly Wednesday podcasts. And if you know a vital woman over 70 who would be a great guest, please recommend her to us at womenover70.com. We'll see you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.